Welcome back to Sticky Standards, episode number 10. Sticky Standards. Professional learning that sticks. Welcome back to Sticky Standards. I'm Dana Richardson. And we have been doing podcasts. This is number 10 around the new professional learning standards. We did uh, three of them that were overviews and then one on each of the standards. Today, we have the great honor and privilege to have Shirley Horde with us and talking to us about the standard implementation. Shirley has been uh, digging into this standard and this concept of change for years and years. So we are just honored and I'm I'm honored to be able to have a conversation and dialogue with Shirley around this standard around change in schools implementation we have so many new initiatives right now Shirley it seems like there's one every day whether it's common core whether it's accreditation whether it's teacher evaluation so I would just love to visit with you a little bit about your your background your beliefs about standards uh, and 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 implementation. Why is implementation just so hard, Shirley? Well, I, I don't think I would say it's hard, but it does require a great deal of attention and energy and time. Um, I have been promoting the idea that school improvement, or improvement of anything, actually, improvement is based on changing what is not working and bringing on board something that may have the potential to work better. So implementation then is based on, excuse me, improvement is based on change and change is based on learning what this new thing is, what is this change, and how do I use it. And one of our problems, particularly in education, is we somehow have not yet given attention to the fact that learning about something new really requires a great deal of attention and teaching of what it is and how we will use it. And so what we know is that the implementation of any new practice will require up to three or four or five years for it to be implemented well in a high-quality way. What this means then is that someone needs to be giving attention to um, Common Core, if that's what the new thing is, um, being sure that the participants who will be expected to use the Common Core curriculum, um, helping them to understand what it is, how they're going to use it, and then, this is the biggie right here, returning back to classrooms to see if the learning that our participant implementers did, is their learning then being transferred into practice in the classroom? And this is probably the biggest sticky wicket. (laughs) And that is um, many administrators or change leaders or facilitators or teacher leaders or whatever role group we may want to focus on, people who are responsible or seeing that change happens, um, are not comfortable going in and doing the monitoring. Now, 
rather than use the word monitoring, I try to use a more positive term, which is <clears throat> checking on progress. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think that promotes a more positive image. But the big issue is why is it hard or why does it take so long is this whole matter of if I am the person who is expected now to um, use Common Core in my classroom, then I have to learn what this thing is, what does it look like, what is it going to look like when it is implemented in a high-quality way in my classroom. That means that I need help and support. Um, the research of Joyce and Showers would suggest that there are about three people out of 100 who can take an idea either by just reading about it or being told about it and put it successfully into practice in the classroom. So that leaves 97% of us, including me, that need <laughs> an attention and help and support. And so that's why the tools that we have that can help us are so important so that we can track what's happening in classrooms and to know if the learning that the teachers are doing, it could be principals as they're learning new roles and new actions that they need to take. So it is the, the implementer that then needs this help. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. It certainly does because principals are asking are being asked to do new roles. Yes. And sometimes I think we assume that that's like a magic wand and uh, it takes them maybe three to five years also. And how do, how do we check on their progress and how do we provide support? them. Yes, I think you raise a really significant issue, and that is, so it's for anyone who is expected to do something new, and um, so principals then, as you so well uh, indicated, have new roles to play, and they need support, and so I would hope that central office, um, director of professional development, someone who has responsibility would provide support to principals so that they too can learn their new role and then execute it appropriately and productively. Mm -hmm. uh, Shirley, how would you describe a building leader who supports change? What, what does that building leader look like? What do they do? Well, a building leader, um, I started to say to begin with, I'm not sure I know which item is to begin with <laughs> but um one of the one of the factors that is very important is that this person is able to develop positive relationships with those whom they're going to support this means then <clears throat> uh, providing some warmth and developing trust and of course we could take days to talk about each one of these factors exactly. but um those positive relationships will be the foundation on which the change leader or the facilitator, the instructional coach, whoever it is, mm -hmm. um, will then do their work. To make themselves available is the next item. Many times um, supporters or facilitators who can help us are not called upon because people have not had that, that kind of support before, and so they're a little anxious about asking for it. Right. So in my judgment, our facilitators should make it a point to go around to each of the classroom teachers or principals or whoever it is mm -hmm. they're going to support to 
say hello, to say howdy, to get acquainted, to let them know that their role is indeed to support, to help, be helpful, and to assist them in their job of learning and putting new practice into place. Um, this person, of course, must know what the new practice is. Mm -hmm. You can support um, someone else in developing and using, for instance, mathematics core curriculum mm -hmm. if you're not totally, completely, and thoroughly um, educated or uh, informed about what this is. So this person needs to have a very strong knowledge base in um, whatever the what is. Mm -hmm. And then when we get to a skills base, that is something in addition. So we're talking about people here who are quite skilled and talented, but who also are avid learners themselves and are very comfortable in the role of helping others um, to come up to speed, so to speak, mm -hmm. in their use of new practice. I like that word that you use, to support them. Absolutely, absolutely, and that is their role. Right. And what we hope is that they can have the kinds of interactions with the implementer so that it is a conversation that they have about um, what is going on that the supporter can give feedback but not be highly directive about mm -hmm. it, but engages the implementer in a conversation where they together, collegially, um, come to the realization that our implementer needs to learn more about this new practice that they're trying to implement. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a highly, it can be very technical, but it's also a highly relational job and it is not for the faint of heart, I think I should mention. That's true. That's true. Uh, I was wondering, you know, in the in the new PL standards that Learning Portals put out, one of the three big ideas around implementation is to apply change research. Yes. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, uh, you hit my uh, a button, I guess, because... I spent 10 years in a research center studying school change and improvement. What do we need to do and how can we learn about doing it? This group was exceptionally productive and did their work across the U.S. and learned from schools that were doing a very good job of <clears throat> implementation um, what needed to happen. And so the change research in this case can identify six very uh, important strategies that need to be taken by change leaders. It also has tools, techniques, um, approaches that can be used to help people. And if you look down then at uh, one of the other uh, big ideas of implementation having to do with providing constructive feedback, mm -hmm. you need to find out, we need tools in order to find out to gain the feedback, first of all, and then supplying it in a caring, thoughtful, and productive way is the next part of that. Mm -hmm. And so, in a manner of speaking, for me, applying the change research goes hand-in-hand hand with <clears throat> providing the constructive feedback. So we do have a rich body of research on change and school improvement. Uh, we have models and theories, of course, um, one of the tools that Learning Forward has taken advantage of is 
what is called the innovation configuration. What this is is a way of getting very clear uh, in a written down, mm -hmm. we call a map, um, a piece of text that indicates what will this new practice look like when it is in place in the classroom in a quality way. And so this gives us the target toward which we're moving. Much, 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 or all too frequently in the past, <clears throat> we've had very shabby explanations or descriptions of what the new practice is. And so this tool was created directly to address this problem. And so uh, Learning Forward has IC maps mm -hmm. uh, for um, um, the learning school. It has IC maps now for the standards, mm -hmm. in fact. They do. Yeah. Uh, and there's this huge book, it must weigh 50 pounds, <laughs> of IC maps that indicate um, what the principal will be doing to implement, um, to deal with the standards. Uh, what teachers will do, what the school board will do, mm -hmm. uh, coaches, etc. So for every role group, a map has been created to um, provide a written account of what they should be doing in that role. You know, I think that is just those clear expectations is so important. I know we have to communicate them too, but just to have the target, I think I... Uh, I I learned maybe 20, 25 years ago from you and others about the, I, I still have this cartoon or picture of the little boy that wanted the swing. Oh, yes. And uh, he got everything but the swing because there weren't clear expectations. He really wanted a swing on his tree in the backyard. And, and you're totally correct in that the IC map does give us a clear account of expectations. It can also be used as a tool for goal setting. Um, the map not only indicates what is the most desired practice that we want to see in the classroom for math uh, common core, just to use mm -hmm. that as an example, but it also lets us know that we're not likely to take on board math common core one day and put it into practice the next. Right. Right? That is going to take time and we will gain in our knowledge and skills uh, to do that. And so it helps us to know that there are iterations that we will learn more and more and put more and more into place. And so we can set the goals, as I was suggesting, by uh, making a check mark or whatever and by saying to ourselves, okay, by the 4th of July, I hope to be here uh, in terms of the um, objectives that I'm using in, uh, common, well, I don't think Common Core uses objectives, do they? So that's probably a miss a miss word on my um, well, whatever the standards are yeah. whatever they're whatever the they're calling them now so at any rate um, the standards then set the tone mm -hmm. they the IC map lets us know where we need to go and ultimately what we need to look like when using standards or whatever the mm -hmm. The new thing is, and Shirley, talk to us about your metaphor of the, of going across the bridge. I love that. I do too. I think it is very helpful. Uh, you know um, what typically happens in change or or trying to make improvement in schools is that a an edict comes along that says, "Now then, hear ye, we'll all now begin using Common Core uh, curriculum." 
and that will begin on August the 1st. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, uh, just making that proclamation does not help us to know what to do. That's right. And so the next thing that we consider is that, uh, first of all, the principal and the teachers will need to understand what this thing is. Mm -hmm. So to get across the bridge, these six strategies that I mentioned earlier come into play And the first one is to know where it is we're going. What is our vision of the classroom when it has uh, implemented this new practice that we are focusing on? The second strategy, then, is to make a plan Mm -hmm. to put that um, map into into place. Uh, The third strategy is to engage, to invest in, we use that word invest purposefully, to invest in professional learning, because that's the basis for all change, is to learn, learn, learn Learn, what this thing is. Fourthly, then, is to assess progress. Fifth, then, is to give um, help based on your assessment of a person's progress. And then overall is a sixth strategy, which is creating an environment that is conducive to change, which means helping people understand where we're going, helping them to know that if we make a mistake, that's okay, that's a good learning opportunity, and um, we'll correct that and move on. Um, So there are other tools that accompany those strategies across the bridge, but that's the way we get from the proclamation of a new practice to see it in the classroom in operation. Part of that research also, and again, it's called SABAM, right? Concerns-Based Adoption Model? Right, yes. And talk to us just a little bit about the stages of concern, because I, it seems to me like that's a component here that is um, missing in a lot of other research, and it just seems so important to me. Well, in fact, uh, the Concerns-Based Adoption Model, the SABAM, uh, started with stages of concern. Stages, I thought it did. Yeah, stages of concern uh, looks at and tries to understand how are people feeling and reacting to a change, uh, which means that to begin with, um, before a change is even announced, I will be at total non-awareness of a change that is coming along. But the minute that is announced, I will say to myself, Oh, now what is this? I'm going to seek information to find out what this new common core curriculum is. Um, That then moves, or it's almost simultaneously, we have a stage of concern that focuses on personal um, confidence. That means I go through a small period very typically of saying to myself, Oh, my, what in the world is this common core? Tell me more about it. But can I really do that? Mm -hmm. That is a different way of teaching. It's a way that is being more constructivist, I think, less directive. I don't know if I can do that. So that that personal concern, then, uh, is a very important concern to address. And so what we're doing with our facilitators is looking for those concerns and trying to identify them in our implementers so that we can take action to address their concerns. So if they're having informational concerns, then what's our job? To give them more information so Mm -hmm. they will know 
what Common Core is about, uh, but not too much so as to impact them negatively. If they are concerned personally, yeah. then we're going to hold their hand and tell them we're going to help them and uh, be right there by their side. Um, a next concern is once you get into action uh, with Common Core is having management concerns. Oh, my goodness, how do I make this all work? I need materials and mm-hmm. stuff to work with. I'm going to be having kids uh, working more independently or in dyads or triads or small groups, and that is different in my classroom when I've been the one who stands up in front of the class and directs the learning. This is going to be more self-directed learning by students. So we all go through those feelings and reactions, and that's what stage of concern is Perfect. about. And the idea is to find out what each individual's concern is and then give them support that appropriately directs that concern. And what's so great about that data is it shows that everybody's at a different place going across the bridge. Yes. So all, maybe there's one first grade teacher who is, you know, well, already across the bridge because they're all excited. And maybe there's another one who's still in the middle of the bridge and it helps us to know how they're, Right, and typically there'll pe- people will will kind of uh, uh, coalesce into small groups. Uh, yeah. There'll be a group with uh, information uh-huh. concerns. There'll be a group mm-hmm. with pers- less with informa- with personal concerns. Excuse me. Uh, there'll be many at management concerns. Mm-hmm. That is the stickler, and that's where we need to really help people. Yes. I'll never forget what I thought was the most clever of facilitation or support activity taken by a principal um, when we were doing our research. It was a science um, program, and it had, of course, all kinds of equipment that kids would be working with, as scientists would do. And so what in the, how, to, how to get this in my classroom and keep track of things, and that principal had shelves built into every single classroom and labeled so that the equipment could be orderly in a place where they were easily accessed. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, that is really getting to the nitty-gritty. Absolutely. There is no support uh, actions that is, is too mundane uh-huh. or, or too nitty-gritty, uh, but can be helpful to people. That is, that's just perfect. So as we look at, again, back at all of implementation, if, if you know, if we could ask one question, what do you think that one question might be that would help us move educators across the bridge? I think that question has to start with the principals who are responsible for what goes on in the school. That does not mean the principal is going to be in classrooms all the time, sure. but certainly uh, periodically. But I think that question would be, are you willing to give the time and energy and attention that will be required uh, to put this new practice into place in classrooms. Uh, We will help you. We will assist you. We'll be standing in your shadow. uh, But it's going to require your attention and a great deal of time, um, your energy, uh, so that you are um, providing, so to speak, the face of the new program, and you're taking responsibility for helping your staff to learn about it and to use it well. 
Wow, this time has flown by. I have one final question. I know you've written several recent books around change and, and the new standards. And so you want to share those with us real fast? Oh, my. Um, just off the press uh, a couple of months ago is a new book, which is looking at the six strategies I mentioned and at the tools, the IC map, and also stages concern and levels of use. And it is organized into small hour-and-a-half or two-hour um, lessons, if you please, where a single person or a small group of people could sit down with this book and the activities that are in it, and they could learn about how to use the strategies uh, and how to, what the tools are and how to use those. So I consider it, it is a how-to book. Okay. I'm currently working with Gene Hall doing the fourth edition of our book, which also addresses CBAM, it is the what book, the content. Mm -hmm. So these two books um, are, are really nice kissing cousins. The other book that just uh, came off recently, well, um, last October, I guess, is the, is the um, playbook for the standards okay. that Stephanie Hershey and I did, and which was such fun, um, but it's also a great teaching tool Perfect. because it describes the standards, it uh, puts the standards into stories of real schools with real people, and then it ends each chapter, each chapter addresses one of the seven standards. It provides activities that the learner can do that will enable them to understand uh, more and deeper what each of those standards mean and what they look like. Well, thank you. I, ha I love, I have all three of those books, and they are amazing. And we've also listed them on our Sticky Standards website. And so if, if our listeners want to go there and, and uh, see those, we've got some more information. Surely this has been a true joy. I loved it. The time flew by. I, I love to learn with you, and it's really fun. So thank you very, very much. And uh, we're going to say goodbye to Shirley for now. We'll talk to you later, Shirley. 